You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad. And Ken McCann is an award-winning filmmaker who was born in Northern Ireland and raised in the, down in the south of Ireland. And uh, in 2010, he graduated um, the, with the Distinguished European EVE produced, E-A-V-E produced program and has run the production company Makana Chonta since 2005. Um, we've chatted to Kevin before because he's working on a project uh, for The Rising as a, a movie to commemorate a, a different perspective or a, another perspective of the 1916 Rising. But Kevin had worked on a project, a documentary, a few years back and it um, focused on a college in Derry and it focused on some of the graduates of that college who have had an influence, a tremendous influence on Irish life musically and politically, uh, diplomatically and in literature they include Seamus Heaney, Phil Coulter, Paul Brady and um, one who passed away recently that had a huge influence on the state that Ireland is today and that being a state that has peace on both sides of the border and that was John Hume and the um, the documentary was called The Boys of St. Columns and I could relate particularly well to it when I watched it because having been at a boarding school it was interesting to hear the reflections of the guys who had come out of St. Columns uh, some were boarders and some were day boys and we had that term when I was at school we had the boarders and the day boys and the two worlds rarely met and it was interesting to see the t- people come together and um, the, the other part of that is this is the year I would be celebrating 50 years having left Garbley and Bandlestone we're endeavouring to have a reunion unfortunately those of us outside of Ireland are unable to get back and I was particularly looking forward to connecting with what were my classmates from who have lived a life for 50 years. Some also who are interesting characters and who have prominence in the music industry. In, um, uh, we have um, uh, literature. We have, uh, I guess you could say, politics. They all come in as well in some of my classmates. So uh, Kevin is here with me. He's in beautiful County Clare and I'm envious of that. Uh, it's where I would like to be at the moment and uh, he is looking out over the estuary the Shannon estuary that can, he can look across at Kerry uh, Kevin, thanks a million for coming along for a chat and put up with my envy Austin, uh, great, great to talk to you again and, and a pleasure to talk to you about, about, uh, about John Hume and, and, and the film that we did together Indeed um, the perspective that was there, first of all, that was what, 2005 was it? Uh, or what year was that? It, it, was, it was 2000 and, and a little bit later than that, about 2009. Okay. So we, and we put it out about 10 years ago. Right, because subsequently John's memory uh, uh, started to fail. So you captured John at a time where he still had very clear recollections and memories. And you were able to focus in on... As I say, what is interesting and what I have found is that he was reminiscing back to from when he was a teenager and how life was back then and all those things. Um, he and the others, when you got to talk to them, it probably opened up a world you didn't even know existed. Well, John uh, spoke very... Um, his, the focus of his interview really was about the gift of education. Um, 
others you mentioned there who have passed, uh, some of them have passed away, Seamus Heaney and, 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 and Bishop uh, Daly, uh, Lord of Mercy on them, they, they, they spoke about different matters, but John Hume certainly uh, spoke about the value of education, and I mean, we, what, what was a, a shock to all of us was, was, see, the 11 plus was, was it, the 11 plus exam on this 1947 um, British Act of Education gave free education to secondary school Catholics or to everybody in, the, in, in, in Britain for the first time. And before this, um, John, I mean, John Hume says in his, in, his, in, his, in his line, and I'm quoting, I grew up in poverty and I was very, very lucky, is what he says, I was very, very lucky to pass the 11 plus in its very first year. He says, and that I wasn't, uh, I was fortunate not to have been born a year earlier and would have missed out on that education, and who knows what uh, would have happened to John Hume as an individual, uh, or, or, or the state uh, of, of Northern Ireland, or Ireland itself, um, had somebody as, 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 um, as wonderful as John Hume didn't receive that education, so I suppose we are very thankful that he was born when he was. When you mentioned that, and he, he says he grew up poor, it was came out very strongly in the documentary that you know, St. Columns wasn't established when free education was granted. It was there. But it was looked on that education like that was for the privileged. It was for the, um, the sons of the wealthy farmers and the wealthy business people or professionals. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that the doors opened with the 11 plus and accepted John Hume and others that um, it, it changed the course of history in Ireland in the north. Incredibly so, and that's what John, actually, John closes out the film with that. He says, uh, uh, education changed my life as it does to everybody who, 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 who gets it. And, and this is something that we, we can sometimes forget, you know, that the edu education that we have, I mean, obviously there are people that don't receive an education and do very well in life, and that is a point also made in the film. But generally speaking, education is something to be valued, and John Hume is a perfect example of that, and, and he uh, is, is not at all uh, short in, in, in saying that in the film, that um, uh, education changed his life. Essentially, you know, to, 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 to put, it, put a phrase on it, it, it taught, it, it gave the Catholics uh, who, were, who didn't have civil rights in the North it gave them a way to voice, as he says himself, voice their grievances. You know, when you receive an education, you, you're able to articulate your grievances and you're able to articulate, and that's what gave him the basis for dialogue and, you know, having read and having understood about politics and, and, and literature and all of those things, as it does to all of us who, 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 have, a, who have an education. We learn... Uh, to, to speak and we learn that dialogue is important and, and this is something that John um, devoted his, 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 his life to and when people I mean as, as I, I mentioned uh, he, he passed away on Monday morning and ever since that Irish TV and radio has been um, you know going out of its way thankfully to show how grateful we are for the life that John had and um, we, we, are, we are paying a lot of attention to him, and, and rightfully so.
The other thing that came across loud and clear was not just the academic value of education and that what St. Columns provided to the pupils uh, and I would <laughs> have to say the same again having gone through a boarding school is it gives you a skill set to survive and to learn to adapt to what are not always easy circumstances um, and the rough and tumble and it also gives you a perspective on other people's backgrounds that you may not normally have come in contact with and I think this came across quite clearly again I think it was uh, Eamon McCann when he talked in terms of that uh, you know people from his street in the bog site never went to St. Columns until day 11 plus and that when they arrived there it's not that they weren't welcome but they weren't equal they, were, they weren't considered to belong and I think what you're saying is and rightly in this is identifying what John Hume was saying was the 11 plus was the first step for that section of society to start to belong yeah, and, and even Seamus Heaney as well talked about it and his close friend Seamus Dean that you know the differences between the lads that came from the country and the lads that came from the town was, was I mean, the way they, they expressed in the film is, is probably better than I might uh, do it, but they, it just shows, I mean, division was, was, was everywhere, not just in, in the years, but in Amongst the Catholics, the difference between the rural and, 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 and the urban was incredible. And maybe, you know, uh, urban uh, people from, from, from one side might have more in common than, 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 than they would with, 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 with the rural people of the same religion. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, um, it was a big, 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 big point that, that St. Columns was this. Uh, it allowed them to, to, to see a new part of the world. And... Um, yeah, it was it was it was a, a big uh, a big story. You know, the, the influence of education on what happened in the north of Ireland is it's a huge huge story, and 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 it is an international and universal um, story. How does education affect areas of conflict? And we we have seen quite clearly how it has a has a positive impact. Um, the other thing that came out uh, was that, of course, St. Columns was what was known, the same again as the school I went to, was there were diocesan seminaries. So they were, <laughs> it was considered that um, a certain percentage, or this was grooming in a way, for the seminary. The, the, and um, John Hume responded to that in that he went to Maynooth for a period of time. Yeah, he did. He did, and then he met his, his wonderful wife, Pat, and we had the pleasure of working with Pat as well on the film. And I think everyone knows when you, when anybody who hears anything about John Hume, Pat is there by his side, and always uh, is a figure that is 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 as remarkable as as John himself. Pat is a wonderful, wonderful person, and we were very grateful uh, to her in, in in helping the film. But yeah, he did. He was part of that, um, you know, when uh, there was a time in Ireland when um, one of the eldest was expected to, to, to go into the, the priesthood or, or, or um, one of the 
Gerard was suspected to join the convent. Um, that was that was a path that John took, but I think within a couple of years he, he had changed his mind, and uh, we are we are we are thankful that he did for the most part. Um, but he also had he also had five five wonderful kids as well. So he was. Uh, Indeed, and not only was it, uh, it was often a case of in, in rural Ireland, um, north and south, that the first was going to inherit the farm, the eldest, and after that the, the rest of the family uh, had to find somewhere to go, and the church was looked on in many ways as uh, a logical place, and, and yeah, a place that the pri- family could say with pride, well, we've got so many in the convent or so many in the church. Yeah, and just on that point, I mean, it was... One of the, some of the people that we interviewed, um, I mean, essentially, some of the, not all the priests, but some of the priests, even those teaching them Irish, were quite cruel to them. And they had seen oppression as kids from, if you like, the establishment, the British establishment. So they could never really identify with that. And then they went into St. Columns and they found. Um, that people on, if you like, the Irish or Catholic side were almost equally as oppressive to some of them, not all of them. And therefore, what is a child to do when both sides in the community, neither of them they can adapt to, they, they decide to fight for them and struggle for themselves. And they were able to do that through education. Some of the people that we interviewed said, you know, it, it, it did sort of, some of the education that they got distanced themselves from that, if you like, the Irish side of things, mm-hmm. and learned to place them in the middle. And that middle was their education, their career, their own life, and their own voyage of discovery in their life. What I thought was powerful towards the, uh, I'd say in the latter part of the documentary, uh, when it talked, when Phil Coulter was talking about the influence that John Hume had, and that um, had things been different, that he could have seen himself, Phil Coulter, the composer of such beautiful, peaceful music, that he could have seen himself being sucked in to actually engage in violence because the situation was the way that it was. And that yet John Hume came out of this environment, both family, school, and everything else, recognizing that the only way forward was to create win-win situations. That when there's a loser, it's not going to work. So everybody has to be able to save face. And in all his years and challenges, that probably was one of the hardest battles he had to fight, but yet, it, and it took some years for the value of it to ultimately be seen, which was in the Good Friday Agreement. But John Hume was, as he says in the film, is very influenced by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, very, very influenced by him. And I remember him, John, during the interview, he had a smile on his face when he said the words Dr. Martin Luther King. And you could see in his in the way he carried himself when he spoke those words, the spirit of of that of that man in, within John Hume that he, he he really understood why Martin Luther King believed in, in in nonviolence and John Hume carried that through in his own political career. There are others who didn't choose that, but there are other people, and that is a, a discussion and a discussion, a long discussion. 
who were influenced to go a different road. They saw that this was a war, and as you know, Ross, that's a, it's a political term. Is it a war, or was it, you know, a, a, a terrorist activity and all of those, those other words? Some people believe it is a war, and, and violence was justified. John Hume was not one of those people, and his efforts, peaceful uh, efforts, um, were successful, and and he, he 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 it was he and his bravery uh, to bring in the extreme uh, elements of, of of the of the struggle in from the cold to the table and brought about this peace. And, and you know we talked earlier about the the, the, the film that and um, developing the rising, but John Hume's career is a, a, it's, it's, it would make a wonderful film because. The hero has to make, in, in many great films, the hero has to make a sacrifice. John Hume sacrificed his political position to allow another political party and political figures to take his place. And people in his own political party were wondering, you know, what the hell are you doing? This is going to be damaging to the SDLP and outside Downing Street, uh, uh, the British Prime Minister's house, a reporter said to him, you know, you do realize that if this works, that your, your political career is, you're going to be sidestepped by all of, uh, you know, Sinn Féin coming in from the cold. And he, 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 his response, his famous response is, I don't give two balls of roasted snow what happens to my uh, uh, political party, I'm paraphrasing, but um, as long as this peace accord goes ahead and works and, and peace is brought to, the, to both communities, I mean, that's courage, mm -hmm. I don't think most... I mean, you need ambition to be successful as a politician or, or in life. Uh, how, how many of us would take a, take a sidestep and allow somebody up on the... One, one rung up on the ladder? That was courage, bravery, humility, that, that, you, that you know, I, do, I, I think is so, so rare. There are people who work very hard in politics and in their jobs, but to, but to be so, uh, uh, that act of humility for the sake of peace is, 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 is really one of the major marks he made. And, and, and also gave us the example. We don't, one of the problems with society is that often we don't have good examples of what it is to be a good human being and what makes a good human being. John Hume had several, several examples throughout his life of this is what you need to do. And, and his son said it in, a, in, a, in, a, in the closing line of the, of the, of the funeral um, when, he, when, he, when he was saying his, his final words. He said, thank you, Dad, for a life well lived. And such, such, such beautiful words. John Hume was a European. And I think yes. that was another very important aspect to his life. Um, he recognised that the way forward was to join a bigger club uh, because by joining the bigger club it, it helped reduce the differences so um, not that anybody can speculate but I'm sure he is, would probably be saddened with the way things have evolved in the recent past He was a European but he was also an Irishman and I, I thought it was very the image that really struck me from the funeral in St. Eugene's Cathedral in Derry, as well as it, because of the COVID restrictions, there were very few people allowed into the, you know, various representatives from the north and the south 
were there, but right up at the top of the chapel. Um, the funeral, or the, the John Hume was his, his body was placed in a, in, a, in a wicker basket. To the left, his wife Pat and their children, and to the right was the president of Ireland. I mean, what a striking and, and, and incredible image that is. It, you know, it was it was the president of Ireland who was beside John Hume's. Um, um, yeah, the, the, the wicker basket, and that's 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 a significant um, image to to ponder on. That that is that he was, he was very much for Ireland. Mm-hmm. He was a man of peace. He was a European, but he was also an Irishman. Yeah, and when I say that, though, I'm talking it in the context that he recognised that in order to move forward, mm-hmm. that Europe represented for him an opportunity to be able to bridge the divide rather than staying an isolationist um, so as I say, when, without being able to speculate I'm sure um, he would have preferred if the north of Ireland was able to stay within Europe as would have been the, the challenges that were potentially on the horizon now yeah I think, I think that all of us are a little bit disillusioned at the moment about what's happening um, you know uh, I mentioned to you that COVID-19 obviously is, is dominating the news, but we were expecting that Brexit would be the big uh, pitfall, especially where I'm from on the border, uh, but that it would be that it would be significant. That, but Brexit is, is, is hardly mentioned nowadays because of the more serious issue of, 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 of health scares and, and lockdowns. Um, but yes, I'm sure John would have been... Um, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't interesting. Somebody had said about his, you know, his, his ill health. I heard in an interview this morning that, you know, he had been, his health had been in decline for. I would say. I mean, I'm not an expert, and I don't wish to to uh, talk out of turn. But I think it may have been in decline for you know, five to ten years, and, and gradual, gradual. But it was a result of all the hard work that he was he was spent. That he gave all for his people and his community, and um, I think that that is that is largely recognised as the case. Is that here, here is a man who's who gave everything for what he believed in, and um, again, that's an example to all of us. John Hume was awarded an honorary doctorate of literature at St. Thomas University in Fredericton, New Brunswick in 2007 and that was um, St. Thomas's University is a Catholic liberal arts university located in Fredericton and is a primary um, an undergraduate university offering, offering bachelor's degrees in the arts and that is only one of 44 honorary doctorates that John Hume was awarded uh, Boston College, UCG um, the American Academy of Achievement, um, Trinity, all over the world he was recognised in that form. And he got, the, as you mentioned, Martin Luther King, um, he got the Martin Luther King Peace Award in 1999, the Nobel, of course, the pinnacle being the Nobel Peace Prize uh, recipient, co-recipient in 1998. Um, the pieces that I've seen on uh, his acceptance of the Nobel Peace Prize was um, so wonderful and so full of humility. 
Yeah, that's that, that's what he was. I mean, uh, some of the people that speak of him talk about he in in many ways he was a solitary figure. He was a quiet man. Yes, he had to voice uh, what he believed in, but he did he did uh, seek his own company um, at for the, at the best of times and and. Um, he, I suppose that, that that was the nature of man. He was he was a thoughtful person, an insightful person, um, uh, and that that obviously was a, what led to led to his his, uh, his success. He he thought about things and he was uh, committed to things, and um, we we were very grateful to him for you know for for his commitment and as I say for his example. So Kevin. In every respect, John Hume was a giant of man. You mentioned earlier on that um, that's the stuff that documentaries are ultimately um, they, they, um, they're made from. Could you see yourself sitting down and contemplating maybe a project that would be um, the life and times of John Hume in, in a documentary? I think it, I think a feature film would be um, uh, something that um, uh, there was a, a very good documentary done by an Irish filmmaker, Morris Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. on John Hume himself, and a lot of uh, quite brilliant insights in that from 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 various political and cultural figures. Um, the the, the, the uh, a film of a of a, of a of a of a man like John Hume, a, a dramatic film showing all that he w- went through, the sacrifices that he had with his, you know, the things he had to do to get to get what he wanted, and, and he was he wasn't liked by by both sides for a long time, and that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, we, we it's part of our nature that we like to be liked, mm-hmm. and. Um, John Hume was able to see the bigger picture, and that's uh, you know his, his 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 family home got damaged many times throughout his career, and he he got um, castigated by people in the north and in the south, from political figures right down to to to, to community figures, and he still knew that he was doing the right things. I mean, talking to and, and one of the first people interviewed. Um, on Irish radio on Monday was Jerry Adams. They sought an interview with Jerry Adams to ask him about John, and Jerry Adams was very, obviously, very complimentary to to about John and explained that they were meeting for a number of years behind closed doors and nobody knew about it. And you know, if if, if this had been known, you know, everybody would have been horrified. Um, but it was, you know, Alex Reed and, 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 and um, uh, John Hume and, and, and Jerry Adams, they saw something else that was um, a possibility. And we've come to accept it as, as, as commonplace now and, 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 and a success. But back in the day, John was a solitary figure um, and a lot of people didn't like what he was doing, but yet he continued to do it. And that that is the subject of... Um, Heroic stories and, and you know and sometimes mythologies where the hero goes and despite all obstacles keeps going and John Hume did that indeed and I know um, 
the former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, he said that John Hume was a political titan, a visionary who refused to believe the future had to be the same as the past. And the Dalai Lama said that John Hume's deep conviction in the power of dialogue and negotiations to resolve conflict was unwavering. And it was his leadership and his faith in the power of negotiations that enabled the 1998 Good Friday Agreement to be reached. His steady persistence set an example for all of us to follow. Powerful words indeed. Powerful words indeed. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't often the, uh, the Dalai Lama, uh, the words were read out at, at his funeral, and the Pope also sent a message, and Bill Clinton sent a message. And, you know, it was just a, a remarkable thing. And, and you know, I, I think that John's influence will, will, will continue to, to grow, and, and he will be a much quoted uh, figure throughout the world. For, 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 for a long, long time to come and uh, I would say that, that uh, my thoughts and, and all our thoughts are, are with John, John's wife Pat and their, and their family and you know the community that loved him and the community that grew to, to, to respect him that, that he wasn't part of but they, they all grew to uh, respect him as well and, and um, I mean what a life, what a man. And indeed, and we're going to have to wrap up there, I'm afraid, Kevin. Before we do wrap up, how's the rising coming along, the project? Yeah, well, the rising is um, eight years now in development. Um, we're now looking at, um, well, we've always had the idea of, of, of filming it in, um, in the border region, uh, a UK and, and, and Irish production. So we have uh, interest in... Uh, from certain border groups in um, a lot of, there's a lot of state funding available north and south and we have different individuals, investors looking at it to match up that but it's a, it's a, it's a very tricky time for, for filmmaking and, and for TV and even before COVID it was a tricky time because there are so many things happening uh, TV is taking over from feature film and um, essentially, I've always believed that that that, that we, we will need um, an Irish, um, American, Canadian, Irish, whoever it is, um, to step in and, and help us with it. It's not. I mean, people who are who are looking at at at, at, the, at a dollar return. First of all, um, everybody's interested in, in the dollar return. I have no problem with that, but people who are only interested in a commercial return mean they, they should invest it in animation and in low budget horror films they make uh, money far quicker than a film about the Irish Rebellion and you know I respect people they, they have a, a decision to make to, to, to get a return on their, on, their, on their money but the story of 1916 has never been told in a feature film the story of Patrick Pierce and Countess Markovich and, and, and Sean McDermott and Tom Clark, who also went on to, to influence other people around the world, just like John here, in a different fashion. That has never been done, and I think that, that we as Irish people deserve, uh, or, or we must continue to tell that story, and, and uh, it's a story that the world needs to know, how a small group of men and women took on the greatest empire that the world has ever known and that's that's a, that's an important story and we have an opportunity to tell it we have a great cast and a great script um, but we need an investor 
probably of, of, of Irish descent to say it, there's a check go off and make a damn film. Um, and that's 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 what we're what we're focusing on and I, I do believe that we will get there. Excellent. Well Kevin, thanks a million for taking the time. It's been brilliant having a chat. It's been wonderful. Um, in a sad situation but it's been great to reconnect and uh, hoping that everything comes together for the rising nineteen sixteen and we'll keep in touch on all those things as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm also delighted to hear from you that, that uh, you know, people in Canada are, are paying their respects and, and learning about John Hume. Um, you know, his, his, his death is sad, but it, it's wonderful to see that he is, his, li his life story is being told and he is being remembered all around the world, including Canada. And uh, it's wonderful to, to, to that your, your listeners and other people in Canada are getting to know about an incredible, incredible Irishman that we're all proud of.